0: hello and welcome to the fantasy book of the month podcast i am here with our beautiful selection of hosts we have daniel Evanson. hello we have peter hello rachel hello and katie hello (laughs) oh wait that wasn't where's (laughs) katie where's katie Katie can't make it today. By, oh. I
1: think she's getting eaten by the void of time. I think that was what she said. Let's
2: see. Let me check. Um, yeah, oh. devoured by the void of time. Yeah, that's what she said.
0: Oh, jeez. Okay. Well, ho- yeah. hopefully it sends her uh, forward in time to the next episode. Yes. So we'll we cross can our enjoy, fingers. <laughs> so we can enjoy her delightful voice again. And I, of course, am Nick. Uh, and Hello. And... <laughs> 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 uh, you know, bef- before we get to the uh, nuts and bolts of the show, I suppose, uh, uh, do you guys want to talk about this thing I just brought up that inspired us to actually click the record button? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, recent we news. Have one by yay th- and
2: one nay. Yeah, go for it, Nick.
0: <laughs> but by the time you're listening recent to this, inco- it's probably old news, <laughs> but fairly recent news for us here. Uh, Brandon Sanderson just launched uh, not only a Kickstarter, but apparently the largest Kickstarter in the history of Kickstarter. Yeah, the most yeah. successful Kickstarter there's ever been. I am yeah. incredibly annoyed by this as a huge Brandon Sanderson fan. I actually do not like this. I want to know what you yeah, okay. your thoughts are. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, no, no. So, so, so that like that was what you opened with, and and before we gave you a chance to explain. We said, okay, well, let's start recording so that we can uh, discuss this in front of a bunch of unknown strangers. Why are you so annoyed?
0: So, uh, first off, I love Brandon Sanderson. I love all his books. I love the Cosmere. I'm into it. Um, First off, I'm just generally baffled by this human being who writes probably two times more than any other author currently working today and then he manages to go oh by the way I've, I wrote four books in my spare time what does that mean this guy is writing like 30,000 pages was, a year and he's like oh I wrote an additional 10,000 last year because of covid what was very, there was a pie
3: chart in the video he was very clear about <laughs> where the time was coming from okay
1: <laughs> wait
2: wait was there there was a pie chart
1: yeah. yeah,
3: there were several charts. There was an
0: abnormal was, number of
1: charts. This guy is a maniac. He being very dramatic. <laughs> He's <was> a dramatic... <laughs> How strange.
0: So that's the first reason I'm just baffled by this human being. Uh, but secondly, uh, I looked at this Kickstarter, and as somebody who's bought every single Brandon Sanderson novel that's ever been published, uh, I looked at the prices and I said, I'm not fucking paying for this. <laughs> Oh, in order okay, to so get I, well, the, yeah. T- in, t- in order to get the hardcovers, the four hardcovers, the cheapest option that isn't an ebook or an audiobook was something like uh, two hundred dollars or something like that. Two hundred dollars for four mm-hmm. hardcovers for four mystery hardcovers that you're going to receive in a year, in over a year.
2: Yeah,
3: that sounds huh. like a little too much, but I, I take your point. So keep going.
0: <laughs> so I was just like, uh, and I was like, if I'm going to pay for this, I would rather do the one where it's like every, you get a box every month, but that's, now we're talking like $400 or something like that. Again, first By the way,
1: that, but that, but that is actually comparable to other book boxes.
0: Sure. No, I believe it. I believe it. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> what I- I'm, I'm just stating it is that the, the price is comparable to other book boxes from what other research I've done. Um, it's just because Kickstarter is the we pay off all, all from.
2: Okay, right, right so right. you're 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 close. It's a hundred. I'm looking now. I I heard about it. I knew about it, but I didn't bother looking at it because I knew I didn't want it. So uh, this is the first time I've looked at the website. Um, One hundred and sixty dollars for four premium hardcovers. Whatever that means. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, I don't like, know. Hopefully,
0: good like quality. No information. I guess. About these books or anything? <laughs> yeah, well, there's
3: images. There's images of them. Very vague in, in mock-ups. <laughs> yeah, and probably right. not final covers. But, but yeah. so that's
2: that's forty dollars per hardcover, which it's not terribly uh, unreasonable.
3: I was gonna say works. it's
2: not it's not insane. I don't buy hardcovers usually, but it's not crazy.
3: I mean, I bought the leatherbound Sanderson Way of Kings. And that was like one hundred sixty dollars
0: by itself. For but one you knew book. you liked that book first, right? Correct, yes. Yeah. Right, like, and I, I assume I like these books, don't get me wrong, but I just,
1: I, uh, it's not- it, They're also going to be traditionally, they're going to be traditionally published later. Yeah, I know, you know well, that, right? which is
0: exactly why I'm waiting, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess I, I'm not like annoyed so much that it's expensive, I'm annoyed that he somehow broke all these records. How did that, How? people wanted it i'm just i'm just shocked that like you could slap sanderson's name on stuff and it just sells i'm actually kind of blown away by how i i knew he was mainstream but i'm just kind of i'm shocked i'm shook i mean mean, it it doesn't doesn't... sell to me (laughs) it's true i mean it doesn't take
3: terribly a lot of people like in terms of like how many people see a marvel movie or something right like he's nowhere near that number of people involved right he's only got 122,000 people <gasps> signed up for something on his kickstarter and you know not all of them are doing premium hardcovers probably the vast majority are like ebooks and audiobooks right let's see uh, it's
2: i bought the audio it's 30 I it's about 31,000 people subscribed for the $160 uh, Wow, I'm actually surprised
3: it. how many people are signed up for the whole year, which is like five hundred dollars. Isn't that wild? Oh, it's like sixteen thousand people. Yeah, I mean, th- th- but again, sixteen thousand people is like not a lot of people. I'm just it's surprised just that this because is. It's, the... like, mm-hmm. it, it's so. just a, it's just because there's a huge price tag attached to some of these, so it balloons it a little bit in terms of like trying to gauge his popularity. You know,
0: didn't they also though like get. Did they break a record for the actual sh- just pure number of people to back it? Because it seemed like oh, you yeah, broke like, it every record. I mean,
3: I'm just I'm just well surprised that was also that like this the viral. It. Well, it helps that they had a really good launch. Like they did. They it was an absolute secret, and when it came out, it like popped everywhere. If you were looking at book something anywhere, it was because I mean it was a multi million dollar Kickstarter. Yeah. Within you know, 10 minutes of launch. So once Insane. that happened, like, well, there's going to be every, every book related something, every fantasy related something. Everyone's talking about a, it. A yeah. Report about it. Yeah. So, um, uh,
2: let me see if I can find it. John Scalzi had a pretty good analysis of why this could work for Brandon Sanderson. Really? And okay. Yeah. People have
1: been taking, people have been taking that, like that out of context a lot. It's been really annoying me.
2: Uh, taking which? The Scalzi's? right yeah oh really interesting
1: like it's they're using it as a criticism of sanderson
2: oh well it really wasn't intended to be if you read it
1: i know yeah no i know i
2: i (laughs) yeah yeah no i I clearly you know that i'm just uh
1: (laughs) well mainly because people are mad on the internet because somebody did something oh people love to rage on the internet
0: It's, it's yeah all the rage
3: yeah if there's that's that's what annoys me about the kickstarter is like every idiot with a contrarian not you nick the other
0: contrarian <laughs> every yeah. idiot with a podcast oh wait <laughs> <laughs> no, you mean us no that's me yeah
1: no it's I'm just sure like people Matt. who
3: like i keep seeing people who are like oh he should and this is probably because of the people i hang around with but like oh he should have announced like a charity to go along with that i'm like what why like that's such but a we weird the, leftist we, critique don't his o- of, <laughs> we don't know we don't know his overhead though that's yeah. the
1: issue we don't know the overhead I, right. I just don't understand
3: right. how and why people have started to, like, think that, like, oh, if you're going to do something huge, I mean, of course, obviously, he didn't know it would be the biggest Kickstarter of all time. But, like, that somehow that means he has to attach, like, a charitable donation because, like, he's supposed to feel bad for everybody wanting to buy his thing. Like, I, I don't know. It's such yeah. a – It's kind That's one that really sticks in my craw. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the – when, like, the Critical Role guys – Oh, when yeah, they got a huge Kickstarter <laughs> yeah. and then like, you know, it really sort of like brought a bunch of attention to the fact that like, oh, there's actually a critical role like corporation and they have employees and like people work for them and they're like, oh, even yeah. though they're doing this creative endeavor, they want to make money and they're doing a bunch of stuff to make money and then. Like there was like well you know we should do something about it and then like a week later they were like sort of forced to create a charity like they have a there's an actual like critical role charity that exists for for this same reason and
0: it's it's just so silly like you know they're they're they yeah that's a great example because they sunk so much time and effort and they have a staff they have to pay people people think that. It's a lot of money when when you actually have like a whole crew you realize those numbers are not as big as they sound you know
3: yeah Yeah. sanderson's career is like super interesting because you know it was kind of like around when the second or third uh stormlight book came out that it became really clear that like he's not writing those books on his own anymore right like an army of people is helping him a lot of them are like volunteer beta reader folks that also help, uh, organize the sort of internal wiki that they have. There's, there's a huge design team that goes along with it. Like every Sanderson book since has had all kinds of artwork that goes with it. Right. They're, they're much more multimedia than just like words on the page. Uh, and which has made those books like way better, but like, it's not just him that's collecting the check. Right. There's dragon seal productions is out there as a corporation like making cool things for you to read it's not just brandon sanderson you know sitting in
0: the basement cranking out words right exactly so yeah my my criticism is obviously it's it's not even the price or the money it's just i'm just it's not even a criticism really i don't even have a problem with the kickstarter i was just shocked and shook (laughs) <laughs> about how B you were it you weren't ready to
3: spend 160 dollars on whatever the monday morning where it dropped or whatever
0: well you know, what happened was I'm, i saw it and i the, went like I, have to. I i i saw it and went who in their right mind would pay for this and then apparently everybody <laughs> that is that's why i'm annoyed because i was wrong
1: Though so i i'm splitting the cost with my friend for the audiobooks yeah, so that's because the thing. It's like, I
0: don't want to get the audiobook because I, I am one of those people who, if I started reading someone paperback, I want paperback. If I started listening to someone audiobook, I will only go audiobook. like.
1: Yeah, but now I'm sad because my other, my favorite author, Will White, also did this. And I'm just like, I have no money to buy you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also the covers are much better than the, and I just bought all the paperbacks.
0: <laughs> oh no yeah, i
3: just got all those books on audiobook
1: <laughs> yeah i also have them all on audiobook and i also have mostly on them on e- ebook i have he likes to give his books away for free so i just have a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> of copies different versions <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't why you ask i don't know maybe i will watch or read his books <laughs> on a plane with an e- uh, the ebook
0: i'm sure you're i'm sure you're boosting yeah. his, his numbers so it's probably helping him
1: Oh. Uh. I don't know. He's he's rather popular in the self pub world. Mm -hmm,
0: mm
1: -hmm. Do we have any other Peter? Do you have any other thoughts, or do you just not care? Or what was that? Mm, No, I think it's.
0: uh,
2: I'm not sure I can sum it up terribly easily. Um, You know, he he wrote what looks like maybe eight hundred thousand words on the matter. Okay. (laughs) I mean that's not that's not sorry that's intended to sound like not very much. It's it isn't. but, uh, you know, it just roughly Sanderson, Scalzi asserts, is, is rather uniquely positioned to attempt and benefit from something like this. You know, he's, he's built up a reputation as very reliable and, um, you know, both in terms of uh, publishing on a, in a timely fashion, but also in the nature of his Books, um, Nick. You mentioned, you know, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe earlier, um, didn't you? Somebody did.
1: It was someone. did. I did. It was Dan. <laughs> okay,
2: but uh, you know, in kind of in a similar sense, this is these are my words, not Scalzi's. In a similar sense, you know, the, the the fans of someone watching a Marvel movie can feel relatively confident that they're going to get, you know, this thing. That they are familiar with and will feel good in the way that they want and i think someone reading a sanderson novel can expect and reliably receive the same sort of thing and that and his publishing schedule that he sticks to you know his yeah. like just how prolific he is like i think that has earned him a fairly uh devoted fan base and you know fairly i think uh even though i'm not among that number and uh when you have that kind of position where you you know you are that reliable and you have this large number of fans, then, you know like then you have enough people paying attention to you. Not to mention the other things he's done, right? Writing excuses and like otherwise connecting with people to get to have people listening. Then you can do something like launch this and expect to have, uh, you know, twenty thousand people jump on it in the first hour. Yeah, I was, um, I, I was just blown mm-hmm. away that it was just
0: one author's books that would break these records. When I thought about like all of the, the sort of like D and D books or other type of board games or tabletop games that pop up on Kickstarter all the time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I was surprised that just like one author managed to pull this off. It, it really blew me away.
1: Yeah, I think the key key to his particular success was his tra- his transparency and True. his writing um if you go to his website he has percentages of how long he he thinks he's going to be done with these books like sure. i am 15% through his book but that works for him but not everyone and not everyone is Absolutely. Fan. And
2: uh you know Scalzi is explicit saying could i pull this off? No, i don't think so. Right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, that's a good uh It's, it's like, that's a good, that's a it's good, a good point. kind of
0: Yeah. That that's not. This is not the future model of publishing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, And that's another point that Scalzi
2: addresses. Like, no, we haven't just you know changed the face of publishing. Um, So Uh,
1: I would I will point to Jess Owens does a good video about this in greater detail than us. So okay, okay.
2: Yeah, I'm sure Uh, lots of people have already talked about it. I'm sure generally. As a life philosophy, I assume that what I'm doing is super, super, superfluous, ah. or extraneous. It's okay. So.
1: It's okay. You also don't matter to me, Peter. Perfect.
2: No. So, uh, um, yeah, we're good. Uh, this whole podcast can be good? ignored. I recommend uh, you know just starting <laughs> the next one in your list, whatever that is. Hopefully, it's something good. <laughs> I don't know. Uh,
1: maybe Katie will be there. Oh man, matters.
2: yeah. Hopefully, Katie's in a bunch of podcasts without us because. We're just holding her back. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Anyways, what is the purpose of this podcast today that we started?
0: Uh what yeah, today, hmm. today we're here to discuss uh, uh, political fantasy. Is polito, that correct? Political yeah. what? Political fantasy. I don't know. What, what, whatical fantasy? Fantastical politics? That's the worst. I don't
2: like politics. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm out. <laughs> oh,
1: sorry. Bye, Peter. Click.
2: <laughs>
0: Can you imagine if you just left mid-show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, I, on its surface this seems like a fairly broad topic it really does
2: So, what makes something yeah, think, political fantasy you know exclusively a political fantasy
1: I think when it involves multiple aspects of the like um, government like the economics they're trying to manipulate the economics or uh, showing the governmental system like in a rebellion by inside, yada, yada, yada by showing heads of state or like uh, pe- key figures in the government colliding with each other or with other g- other governments.
2: Okay, is it about intrigue? like that's the, I think that's the, my, the the word that comes yeah. to mind like because I can imagine, So, for example, The Wolf of Yarrow, which we've talked about in the past. I think it was one of my books for one of these uh, recordings. I feel like it was. Was it one of yours, Rachel?
1: I didn't. I gave it to you. Oh,
2: you gave it to me. Okay. well, thank you. That was a good give.
1: And then you said, I already did it, so I'm doing it again. I'm like, "Okay, thanks. Perfect.
2: (laughs) Um, I love those those easy ones. Um, So like the wolf of ornyaro is about a head of state and she is negotiating the you know like the fallout of a of i guess treason or something like that you know she's but but a lot of the the book is procedurally about her like trying to acquire allies in a city that doesn't care about her and they're not usually political allies. They're just, will this person help me? Um, later on, she does some negotiation with other powerful people for political allyship. Is that Does that qualify as a political fantasy?
1: Yes, I wouldn't count the first book as a political fantasy, though. I would count the later two books. Okay, see, the first
2: one's can... the only one I've read, so that's the one I'm thinking of. Um, so, um, you know, it is, yeah.
1: I would count the series as a whole as political fantasy because if there is in the beginning there is and it becomes apparent there is political machinations of why she's there mm-hmm. and um, and things like that. So yeah, I would count it as political fantasy.
2: Okay, that's interesting. That's good. The because uh, the the only book that really leaps to my mind as a political fantasy is uh, the Goblin Emperor by Catherine Addison. Um. Which I I think I've discussed here on the podcast before. It's a fantastic book, um, but it's literally, you know, a an unwanted heir is thrust upon the the throne of the emperor at the last minute, and uh, everyone thinks that he's going to fail, and crash and burn, and he just you know struggles to uh, do his best in the position and and navigate you know a, a highly charged intrigue filled environment and that you know screams to me political and fantasy so a political fantasy like what other examples can we think of and what can we work out from that as uh you know like indicative like helping us hone what indicates political fantasy i
1: would say assassin's apprentice and the realm of the underlings is political fantasy
0: I did think about the Assassin's Prentice when I was uh, thinking about this topic.
2: Okay, now I haven't read that. What makes that feel like political fantasy?
1: He is literally the bastard child of uh, a prince, or the king in waiting, and he his job as an assassin is to subtly manipulate the um, like government so that the king or the land will benefit. So he will go out and kill this person subtly, mm. and they might be the son of a duke. Yada yada yada.
2: Okay, so so political manipulation through assassination and the like. I could easily see that book not feeling political, despite the, the the subject matter, if it were approached, you know, from a more like kind of adventure writing sort of way. But you're saying that it it's approached. Like, what is it about its approach that does make it feel like a political fantasy?
1: Uh, It's just like, because he is growing as a person and he's growing as the assassin, uh, and he's getting deeper. It's really hard to describe without spoiling things. Mm. Um, (laughs) It's the, you learn, Robin Hobb's style is so much about characters and how they develop and how the world develops around them. So it goes into the politics because you care so much about these characters and how they interact with other worlds Mm -hmm. and things like that. Uh, The Liveship Traders trilogy um, is about trading and how the the, uh, group of free traders has their internal politics um, with a war with a different state uh, and things like that. And um, treaties and all that. That's the name of that that trilogy's game. It's treaties and trading.
0: I can't speak to the, the first Assassin's Apprentice book as well to say that the fact that they even choose to make him an assassin is in itself a sort of political move of we have this prince's bastard where do we put him uh, within our own alliance so that he won't become a threat to us in the future Interesting. yeah they
1: kind of they pull him deeper into the fold instead of kicking him away right. basically Yeah. so he doesn't challenge the throne
2: Okay, so like so in a way, the nature of the character is political already.
1: yeah, he, right. He is a political pawn.
3: Yeah, I, I wonder yeah. if like this sort of medieval fantasy will always seem a little more political than like your urban fantasy or something like that, just because the highest level of of government, like a king or something in those days, was like just sort of more accessible like was just around more than in (laughs) modern day politics when there are so many levels of bureaucracy and representation between like us and the president. like none of us have probably ever met a president. I don't, I don't know.
2: Probably just, no, it's true. I've never met a president.
1: I've met an admiral. That's about it. I mean, I've
2: never met a, a a national president. I've, I've been a president of a small local organization (laughs)
3: Yeah, so, like, politics yeah. probably are a little more personal in a modern-day story, whereas a personal story set in, like, medieval times might include more things that we would consider political, but simply because people back then had more direct contact with, uh, you know, the, the nation-sized sure. mm-hmm. politics that were going on. Or maybe or maybe
0: a, maybe well, a better also... way to put it is that you have, like, one figure who is at the head of all of these major decisions, rather than it being a big machination that... It's it's more interesting to read one person's decisions than it is to read the decisions of a committee. Yeah, 100%. What were you going to say, Rachel?
1: Um, I was going to say, also, Urban Fantasy tends to be more small-scale and focused on, like, a city kind of...
3: Like, sure, but uh, I mean, like, there's plenty of city politics that, like... Uh, something yeah. like, uh, uh, what's the big the urban fantasy? But even like Harry Jade, Dresden? Jade, Jade, Jade Harry city. Dresden, yeah. Like, Harry, like <laughs> I live in Chicago, and Harry Dresden goes out of its way to avoid Chicago politics. Like, you know, when it deals with the city, it's usually like, look at this very, you know. Look at our of,
2: natural history museum.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Not like, you know let's talk about the the racial makeup of those books and the racial makeup of Chicago. Like that is not approached or even talked
2: about or anything or right? like let's Bogdanovich.
3: Yeah. Right. Um, but you well, know, I take your point, Rachel. I think it's, I think you're, I think you're hundred percent right about that. Also. Like both things are true.
2: Well, Dan,
1: do you, I also, I also don't read urban fantasy. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, Dan, Sorry do you, you know. have any, uh, any like examples of a, of a political fantasy book or a book that like feels like political fantasy to you?
3: Yeah. You know, when I was looking for a book for this, for this episode, it was really easy to find sci-fi stuff. Mm -hmm. So like some, some of my favorite books, like one of my, like one that I really considered doing was legend of the galactic heroes by uh, Yoshiki Tanaka, which is like, Maybe the best anime of all time, but started hmm. as a series of books, um, and it is like extremely political, but set in this far, far future, like almost Dune level future, oh, wow. kind of uh, political system, where there's some recognizable bits, but like in the meantime, there's there are these huge sort of intergalactic wars happening at the same time as there's like super local. Personal things happening, like planet side mm-hmm. in certain cases, and still, you know, is sort of re- revolving around kind of two two central figures um, and their and their lives, while at the same time, you know, so it like really does a great job of like expanding and contracting in scope as it needs to. Um, yeah, and I, has yeah, the this, this style of like those Japanese short novels that mm-hmm. are just not like anything we have in the West.
2: So I, I'm not familiar with that, but I I agree. Like I feel like, at least when I was also looking at, for examples, it felt a lot easier to find science fiction examples. Uh, there's uh, Two Like the Lightning, uh, which I don't know how well-known it is. I actually have no idea. Um, but it's an intensely political book. I think part of a trilogy. I haven't moved on past the second book yet, or past the first book yet. But um, just really intricate intrigue um, in a moderately near future and I just it was yeah I don't I don't know just very political and I couldn't had a lot of trouble thinking of examples for fantasy although I'm looking at a list now um, and uh, you know a lot of them I haven't read but I, it does it does bring up a Game of Thrones here, and I say, oh yeah, I guess that is, I guess the first, you know, the first Ice and Fire book is a very political fantasy book, right? I think we can like that qualifies.
3: All, I think all of them have like a political section to them. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah, I, I,
1: yeah. There's there's also a Codex Alera.
2: Oh yeah.
3: Yeah, hmm. those later books get pretty political when they get. Yeah, into the like later the ones.
2: I wouldn't. So. I wouldn't would No the
1: earlier books there's a the whole rebellion in the first book um yeah like
2: tr- it didn't feel i don't know it it's just mostly didn't feel solved by the military
3: I guess yeah like like there's a rebellion and then it if I remember it right doesn't it just get smashed like
1: it that's is sort of the whole but it re- rebellion <laughs> it is but uh, the the key like leaders get away without with it without like yeah, they actually get get off better because of it
3: <laughs> right right
1: yeah um, well why don't but, we talk uh,
3: about like what books we actually picked instead of all the stuff oh, we yeah. didn't pick <laughs> I don't
1: know um,
3: Rachel you want to go first
1: yeah sure I did The Mask of Mirrors by M.A. Carrick which is the author duo of Marie uh, Brennan and uh, Elise uh, Helms Alice, excuse me helms uh it is a venetian style political fantasy where this um con artist is trying to con her way into one of the trading families however that training family is not doing as well and there's also a um gentleman thief called the rook who makes appearances and has some mystery behind him uh as well
2: does he only move sideways really... what never mind chess joke move on
1: oh okay (laughs) uh there's a lot of duels there's a lot of political machinations with trading and trying to get contracts and things like that Uh, uh trying to get the political marriage while the main character is trying to fit in and do all the right things to make sure she is not found out by the family she's infiltrating um while in concept i love all the concepts like uh Thief infiltrating this family being a con artist and doing things like that uh, I the world was real and the world was great I just didn't care for the characters at the end of it which prevented me from picking up the book and it was very slow and it was 750 pages hmm. this book did not need to be 750 pages
2: <laughs> so like 725
1: yes that would be perfect <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I congratulate the authors on the world, and I think other people would definitely enjoy it more than I did. I just had trouble in connecting with the characters. I felt more connected to the main character's, um, alter ego than the main character herself, which I felt like it was a slight problem for me. Um, because we feel, I feel more, I've spent more time with the alter ego than the main character, if that makes sense.
0: You say like you would spend more time with them or are you saying the book focuses on them more
1: the bo- the book is mostly from the alter egos like point of view like she spe- she is in character most of the time
0: that is interesting
1: um so i was more attached th- to Renata than Ren um so I definitely think other people should pick it up and it was very interesting and intriguing. Um I just had yeah, I think it was a me problem. And it was a very uh but it was it was a very slow read and it was uh focused it focuses on the politics between the training families uh and who controls the the city that they're in.
2: Well, awesome. Interesting. And there you have it.
1: Yeah any questions
0: (laughs) (laughs) you said you liked the the setting a lot like the world yeah
1: I like Venetian yeah the Venetian was cool and it had cool gods um, and it focuses a lot on astrology and tarot card reading which was interesting that all sounds fun yeah it was just 750 (laughs) 750 (laughs) uh, pages (laughs) (laughs) that's
3: a lot of fortune telling
1: yeah (laughs) I was just like when you speak, when you think of a thief novel, you think of it like fast, or is that just me?
0: Yeah, I see like what a, you mean. a yeah.
2: novel about thieves.
1: Yeah. I don't, like know.
2: A, yeah I, I don't know about fast.
1: I don't know.
3: Well, so Some... thieves thieves are not typically fo- philosophical ponderers.
1: <laughs> it was a very slow-paced read that didn't intrigue me enough to pick it up. Sure. I had to force myself to pick pick it up. I understand. So, given the world and given the, um, the prose itself, I would probably give it a three-star read. Uh, but I would very much encourage other people to pick it up because I'm sure it's everyone, other people would very much enjoy it.
3: Hmm. Cool. Um, uh,
1: one of the authors is also the author of the Lady Trent series. Oh. The Dragon Books. That I didn't I, like because I didn't like the writing. <laughs> I didn't like the writing style. Me too.
3: <laughs> I kind of, I kind of get like I can like feel that author dragging out almost any subject.
1: <laughs> it was very long. Um, unfortunately, I haven't read the author, the other author, Ellis uh, um, uh, Helms's book. Uh, they wrote the the Adventures of Mister Mystic. Hmm.
2: Not familiar with that. Yeah. More things I don't know.
3: <laughs> Alright, what was the name yep. of your book and authors, Rachel?
1: Yep, uh it was The Mask of Mirrors by uh M. Uh, M. A. Carrick. Uh Fonda, D- Fonda Lee did enjoy it, so I take her opinion <laughs> over mine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, all right. Uh I'll go next. If
2: Yeah, Dan. Yeah. Dan uh, so whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop.
3: So battling over my my inner need to select something sci-fi, I did finally find a <laughs> fantasy book that I thought was pretty <laughs> political. Uh, so I chose *The Fall of the Kings* uh, by Ellen Kushner and Delia Sherman. Uh, this is book political. three in, in in the Riverside uh, series. So um, the I don't know if you, are you guys is anyone else familiar with the Riverside? I am not. I've never um, heard of podcasts it. Podcasts and stuff. So all the books are set in the same city around the same time period. So it's kind of like a post-Renaissance, just before the French Revolution, but also kind of just getting out of a medieval period, like, you know, maybe a generation out of its medieval, which I guess is kind of like... Similar time period to the post Renaissance, but um, but also set in a purely uh, fictional city, um, which is has called like Riverside. A, yeah, uh, that's like the um, the name everyone calls it. I, I think it is specifically like the sort of downtown lower side uh, part of the city. I
2: what the actual name of the city is.
3: <laughs> uh, but. Um, you know, I don't think I've ever, I had ever read a book before the first Riverside where I really thought it was like a sensual book that I really enjoyed. Like, uh, most of the times when sensual, I did, I did say that. (laughs) So most of the time when someone tries to include that word as like a description of the book, it is not a positive in my experience. Like, um,
1: do you mean, do you, is that different from Vibes? Because I thought you liked Vibes books.
3: No, what, I mean Vibes is a pretty books? good way to describe it. What what is that? Bo-
1: Erin Morganstar. Her all her books are just vibes.
3: You're yeah, not like there's me no here. There's no explicit sex in these books, I don't think. But there's a lot oh. of like innuendo and um, people having just completed sex and like enjoying the <laughs> aftermath kind of thing. Um,
1: oh, I was thinking central as in like senses.
3: Uh, no, this is mostly like everyone in the book is horny, and <laughs> uh, somehow that's not gross <laughs> most of the oh. time. I guess most of the time I'm used to like m- m- I- I just men writing that and having it be kind of gross. Mm. And or boring, I, yeah. yeah. Or boring, but uh, I don't know what Ellen Kushner and Judy Sherman, who I believe are partners, uh, are going on. But like, it works. Like, <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, it's great. They've um, got it going
2: on, is what you're saying. They do.
1: <laughs> Did one of them write the Kushnerel? Kushnerel? No, that's
2: Jacqueline Carey.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. Never mind. Ignore me.
3: No. Uh, so. So the one I picked was Fall of Kings. Uh, this is book three. They, so I, th- a lot of that was just to say, you don't. Even though they're all set in the same place, they're not terribly interrelated. So you can kind of pick up any of the three books. Um, they're completely novels, not a. Yeah, exactly. Or there's a series of podcasts that they did um, with like short stories in this um, setting that are also like really excellent. Uh, but in this one, it's uh, it's it's. Sort of set um, generations after there's been a king to rule over the country, and at the same time there's now this university in the city where you know there's this sort of like explosion of learning and and uh, expansion. So they're kind of like on the verge of a kind of technological transition um, out of the dark ages and into you know something close to the industrial people.
2: revolution.
3: Not, I don't think they're ready to start building cars and things but the
2: pre-industrial revolution
3: (laughs) a lot of of, of smokestacks going up yeah i don't know Mm. um
2: the pollution revolution
3: but it but it makes for this really interesting um sort of mix of these two this sort of like falling aristocracy and then these sort of growing middle class of scholars um and they kind of collide as the government is like trying to transition into whatever this new age is going to be and there's a lot of people that are like we need a king again this world this new world is like chaotic and out of control and everyone else is like shut up (laughs) (laughs) um and the the story follows uh a kid named, or i say a kid like a 20-something named basil st cloud who is part of the aristocracy but has kind of like gone off to hide inside the university, and um, his friend, uh, uh, who is oh, I'm sorry, I got the names, I get the names reversed. It's Theron Campion is the arist- aristocracy guy, and he's kind of fallen in with this guy Basil Saint Cloud, who's um, a teacher and. Um, A scholar in the university and they have the craziest relationship I think I've ever (laughs) read in a book like like it's just good relationship drama throughout this whole thing and also you know as they are like progressing and trying to decide like what's going on Basil is like investigating the records of the old king and like what's going on and he starts to tell Campion about it and then Campion starts to have dreams these weird dreams about sort of like essentially becoming king through these like strange like almost druidic rituals that then start to like uh, find their way also into his regular life Uh, so there's a very odd situation as you know we, we are on this sort of impending climax of campion trying to decide you know like who is he going to be is he going to sort of like give in to this instinctual need to become the monarch or will he continue to kind of run away and uh, live with Basil who at the same time is like feeding him this information that's kind of like almost transforming him into a monarch in some way so it's really it's really uh, great I loved it I love all the all the books. the The other um, sword point books are kind of much less fantastical. Like they don't really have magic and stuff. This one deals a little bit with something sort of like magic. Um, it's very subtle in that it's not like op- it doesn't really wear its fantasy on its sleeve, um, but uh, enough to be kind of really interesting. I think. Yeah, that reminds
1: me of another book. Uh, she who became the sun is. Also very political, but also not very fantastical to the end. Has anyone read that?
3: Oh, that, no. I just put that on my list to check out because someone else's it, re- recommendation. So I will bump it up on the
1: it, list. It is very good. There is a spicy scene that I was not expecting. <laughs> <laughs> may or may not have to do with fisting. So
3: Whoa. Oh, God. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, That's uh, a... That's a... Jeez.
1: I don't know, it just happened. I was
2: like, ah, oh, I mean, okay. just <laughs>
1: happened. Yikes. One second yeah. they're it, talking it and the
0: next second, boom.
1: You can just kind of skip that paragraph. It doesn't mean anything I mean, the you rest can. story. That might what? be the
3: only paragraph I want to read now.
0: <laughs> I, in fact, I'm going to get that um, paragraph tattooed on my shoulder.
2: <laughs> oh, man. A it it, it looks like... <laughs> it looks like Swords Point, the first book in the Riverside books is unavailable in print anymore. Oh, really?: Yeah, I'm, I mean, at least on Amazon, it's, uh, you can get a hardcover for 115 bucks.
3: Oh sh- Oh wow.
2: Or some, some uh, you know, lesser, some, some used copies for like 30 or something. but: uh,
1: It might be in the library.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah,
3: Trementain is the name of the the city that they live, I believe. So if you're searching for it, either search for um, Riverside uh, or Trementain, and you'll find good stuff. But this book was The Fall of the Kings by Ellen Kushner and Delia Sherman.
0: Awesome. Cool. Cool. Uh,
1: Fighting on... With- Nick and Peter fight amongst yourselves. Why are we fighting? I'll go. I'll go for the right. We're fighting okay.
0: over the Elden Ring, Peter. Oh, that is why? Topical I, I, this month only. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't want it. You can have it. <laughs> um. So yeah, I was. I was thinking back uh, to my my reading catalog about something political, and I, I thought that the uh, the Lightbringer series by Brent Weeks kind of fit fit the bill here. Did any of you uh, read that series?
2: I read the
3: first uh, one. I
0: read the first one, yeah. Okay.
3: I, I had it
2: from a trusted uh, trusted source that the books got worse, uh, and especially like the fifth book was better skipped or something like that. So I read the first <laughs> one and thought, that was fun. I'll stop now.
1: I was told to read the first book. I haven't yet. I
0: don't know if I would say they consistently get worse book to book. I would agree that the fifth book I did not like as much. Um, The first book also, I'm not sure I consider the most political of them. But around, like, the second and third book... You know, the first book we're introduced to this... uh, The main character is uh, a younger kid who finds out that he's... uh, a bastard son of essentially the uh, the monarch in the land. Uh, however, their their government is uh, ruled by magical ability in a sort of quasi-religious way. Um, yeah, that sounds like what I remember. Yeah, and uh, and isn't it?
2: No, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, th-
0: go, go on.
2: I was going to say, and, and isn't it? Like it's more of a like a careful balance of alliances, right? People people owe a certain amount of kind of allegiance or something to the religious authority, but the religious authority is constantly trying to like balance these political issues against these other political issues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's like um So there's like a, a commit like well, so okay, so the magic works through um color there are the spectrum of colors and um you know certain people can produce um a certain range of colors and uh each you have to produce the pure form of that color in order for the magic to essentially stick to take hold uh if you tried to produce like something between yellow and orange it just wouldn't work because it wouldn't have mass it wouldn't be able to...
2: It doesn't have the red quality or the, uh, sorry, the yellow quality or the orange quality,
0: and therefore it fails. Exactly. So, um, so there are sort of, like, leaders of each of the main colors, and then there is the one leader who is sort of in charge of that whole committee, who is called the White. He's a rainbow! (laughs) Well, they're they're called the White, uh, because of the, the spectrum. Um, and, uh, And then there's the – I think the Black Prism is the name of the first book, and I believe that was – it's been a while since I've read this. I'm trying to kind of refresh myself on it, but I believe that was – his title was The Prism. Um,
2: That's right. He's The Prism, yeah.
0: And it's almost sort of like, you know, if there was like a Congress and then he was like the president, kind of like he's like a separate figure, although maybe more accurately like a pope.
2: (laughs) So I'm just going to say Prism is a much better title than, you
0: know – the white. Well, they white. all have colors. There's the red, the orange, the yellow.
2: Yeah, yeah. Still, but like, the, like I'm glad we remembered what he was actually called because I was just sitting here thinking, they really called like the leader of of all that is good the
0: white. Well, no, oh, he was on. the prism, but there was also somebody called the white, I believe. Wait, really? Who I didn't was think in charge. So it was usually color. a woman, and she was uh, in uh, charge of uh, the other, the rest of them, the committee, like separately from him. Ah. Uh. Uh, okay. So, so there was, yeah, it was a pretty political book. There's, I, I don't want to spoil things overly, but, you know, we, we do learn... Uh, the first book focuses on this young character as he's being introduced to this world and he's not as involved in the politics of it, um, and there's mm-hmm. a war in the backdrop, so that kind of takes a lot of the focus, but in the, um, like, second and third book, we really learn a lot more about this character, the Prism, his father, as we get more point of view chapters from him. And the politics really amps up in a really nice way, I think, with, uh, his own father is, uh, can only be described as a real fucking bastard who hates his own son and is trying to, uh, manipulate politics, even though his father at this point is essentially so old and feeble and, um, essentially blind from overuse of his magic that he's just like an old man who sits in a dark room and doesn't go anywhere, but he's still manipulating everything.
2: Oh, man. Living the dream.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and the prism actually had a, a, a twin brother who was also had the same powers of a prism, which pretty much had never happened before. And so there's the backdrop of uh, he, he killed his brother in a war years ago. So there's that that backdrop and how that those implications are still playing out. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I Actually, I do really like this series, and I do recommend it. I do agree, though, that the fifth book uh, really, I think, kind of ruins it with uh, essentially... That's
2: Yeah, that's roughly what I was told by someone who really liked the books.
0: Yeah, it it, it really kind of... It, it really pulls a deus ex machina, like literally, not <laughs> like hand of actual oh. god. Uh, out of an actual machine yeah it doesn't work <laughs> um although maybe it's maybe the maybe Brent weeks kind of wrote himself into a corner on this one and couldn't have gotten out of it any other way but yeah o- overall if you want some if you want some fun politics that is actually heavily magical um I, I do think that this is a, a pretty pretty good series to pick up just don't get too committed <laughs>
1: I really didn't like his other series. I didn't either. Night
0: Angels? I did not either. It was so yeah, boring. Yeah, I agree.
1: It was so boring. I, I,
0: I liked this series a lot better. Um, the other one I found just kind of uh, dull and dragged out. And, I mean, you could you can put the same criticisms towards this one, but I think it's a little bit more well-polished and uh, readable.
2: Wait, which was I that didn't even fi- other series you mentioned? Uh, the Night Angel. Okay. The Night Angel.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I I
2: read the first, or maybe the first two of that, and it was, I, um, hmm.
1: eh, yeah, eh. I read the first half of the first one and decided I didn't care, because I could predict what was going on, and he was, the main character was annoying.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, he He does have a pattern of writing, like, angsty young boys who discover they have abilities, and... You know, become whatever, blah blah blah. <laughs> not much different than and most <laughs> fantasy novels out
1: there. My fr- my friend who read all three was like, I don't remember these because I read them all together and they were all the same novel three yeah. times. <laughs> so I'm like, what's the point?
2: Yeah. Not- also, apparently, I'm 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 looking at a at a summary to remind myself of Night Angel, and I'm right the 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 Best assassin's name is Durzo Blint, and I'm just oh no, that's a hmm, that's a don't name your character Durzo Blint. I mean, that's like (laughs) Star Wars level of stupid names.
1: (laughs) But it's not. uh, Does the Star Wars
0: prequel trilogy count as political fantasy?
2: (laughs) Oh man, (laughs) haven't seen
1: it. Yeah, man. You know what? Maybe.
2: Yeah. You know, it's all about trade embargo. <laughs> no, no, it's a silly space fantasy opera action set piece CGI extravaganza. But what about that Congress, man? <laughs> oh, man, what about that? No, it's the Senate, man. It's oh, a you're Senate. right. You're right.
3: <laughs> Although that is what the West Wing was missing was lightsabers.
2: I agree. Oh man. Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean you can you can want, you can read uh, uh Django Wexler's books, uh, which are fantasy star gay fantasy Star Wars. <laughs> <huh>. <laughs> it's not explicitly Star Wars, but they have a Senate and they have basically lightsaber magic. Uh yeah, and there's siblings that are separated. <laughs> there's
0: a character named Anakin Skywalker. Skywalker. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding.
1: Uh, it's not explicitly Star Wars, but it feels like I love Star Wars it. to me. Okay.
2: B- Bannikin s- air stroller. <laughs>
1: uh, the the like Jedi character is a female, so...
2: Brannigan s- smog no. meanderer.
1: I, it, it does say in the back, this is not Star Wars, but I describe it as gay fantasy Star Wars, so... He had oh, yeah.
0: to write yeah, on no, the I trust, back. I
2: trust you over the ad copy.
0: Yeah, I love that they I had mean, you, might, so as, so you might as well
2: add to the inheritance cycle that this is not Star Wars.
1: <laughs> Literally, I like the, like the Inheritance cycle. Uh, uh, I'm side, aware. But I also like... Uh, by Christopher Palini.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I like that book. I, I also know. like um the the other series. But I also don't like Star Wars. <laughs>
2: well, you know... That's cool. Um, So what was that that again? That was the Black Prism, the Lightbringer series. Yeah, the Lightbringer weeks. Weeks, uh, On whom we can stop dumping because of his assassin, (laughs) (laughs) Durzo Blint.
1: Sorry, Brent Weeks, but I didn't like your Night uh, Angel (laughs) trilogy. It's not very good. Sorry, Sorry not sorry. It's it's really. It was
0: dull. I think the Black Prism has a solid two and a half good books out of the five. Honestly, that that whole series.
1: That's not good. Oh, no, no, I was gonna
2: say honestly, that still sounds pretty bad.
0: <laughs>
1: there, Read the first book and then there stop. Was a, there was a really, and co- you'll all be happy. There was a
0: really cool card game in the book that could be a legit real card game too.
2: Wait, so, really? What was it? He made I, it I don't up. remember
0: that. He, uh, it's it's in the later books, but the the young kid actually plays it with the grandfather, the guy who sits in the dark that I was talking about. They actually play like a card game against each other that Brent Weeks made and developed. That's cool. It, it's kind of cool. It's it's kind of neat. So, he's got some cool ideas going on. It's just some of the execution, you know, but it, I don't know. I find it, like, cool for some inspiration for fodder. The magic system is really neat. The politics is really interesting. You know, mm-hmm. I would just say that the books are long and kind of, the plot kind of falls apart. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I'm
1: getting... I'm getting very contradictory views out of this.
0: Well, you got to remember, Rachel, I'm a guy who watches bad movies for a living, all right? So, I try to find the good. In the for bad. for a living? For a living. Yeah, I'm very poor. I, I live in a box. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I was like, I thought you did social media for a living.
0: You know, whatever people pay me to do, all right? I'm just uh
2: <laughs> Listen, when 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 can I when can I watch bad movies with you for a living?
0: Uh well it's not a great living. When we get a, uh, it, I as, don't need a great living. As, as as Dungeons the Dragons fifth edition would call it uh squalid conditions. But yes, okay, I can. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. No. I can. I'm in. That. This is exciting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We can do that when we get uh five reviews, <laughs> on this podcast. No. No. I
2: am excited about squalid conditions. It's
0: one <laughs>
1: copper piece think- per year.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm I'm all in for this squalor. <laughs>
1: Anyways, Peter. Yes. What book did you read? I don't know. (laughs) Okay.
2: See, I know. I'm just there. Are deer (laughs) outside my window, just like (laughs) standing on the hill, and they're just like staring in three different directions. There's one big one. There are two like smaller ones, and they're just like it's raining. So they're just standing in the rain. And like 15 minutes ago, one of them shook. (laughs) out its pelt and there's like this cloud of water around it for a second and one of them has kind of like a like a puffy leg like it looks like it has an extra layer of fur on its (laughs) on its like lower half of its back right leg and they're just staring and standing (laughs) there and like one of them one of them was eating some blackberry leaves a minute ago we're just gonna let him do this yeah kill those blackberries (laughs) yeah so
1: are you saying you didn't read a book are you saying you didn't read a book, Peter? Oh no, no I've read
2: lots of books. Um, I just like. Okay. I'm just really distracted by these deer.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> okay. Why, the,
0: Peter? Your antics do not get old to me. I don't know why. <laughs>
2: oh, because I'm very, I'm very careful with my antics. You can't use the same antic too often, and you can't, uh, you can't really play it out <laughs> past the point where it's going to make people break out the torches and pitchforks. Uh, oh, oh, another one just shook.
0: Oh, and then it shook its head. The last one didn't do that. You probably just saw the, the Brandon okay, Sanderson Kickstarter. That's why he's so shook.
2: <laughs> oh, that must be. Okay, so Rachel's getting ready to actually kill me, so I'm going to talk about books now. Um, so, um, like... The, the book that, like I said earlier, the, the only book that really leapt into my head as political fantasy that I really had a lot of experience with was The Goblin Emperor, which I've talked about in the past and I don't really need to revisit. Um, I'm, I'm looking at this list of like other, you know, books that someone made a list of books that qualified to them as political fantasy and a lot of them I haven't read, um, but then they listed, so uh, what was it called? They listed Spinning Silver, which I... I disagree. And they also listed, um, where did it go? Feet of Clay, which is a Terry Pratchett book that I happen to have just read like three days ago. Um, I'm also not sure that that really qualifies. It's mostly a kind of a murder mystery. And of course, it's Terry Pratchett. If you like Terry Pratchett, you know you like Terry Pratchett. <laughs> if you don't, no Terry Pratchett, then you know, there's a lot of wisdom in those books in a very uh, insouciant kind of uh, you know, satirical sort of way. Uh, I think what I am saying in a long-winded way is, no, I didn't read a specific book for this, and I'm sorry, I'm a bad man. <laughs> um, uh, Rachel, Rachel is going to come to my house and murder me. Um, but it's very slowly but it's oh yeah the best kind of murder which is which is slow (laughs) is it the murder that's Um, slow or is
0: it you arriving to his house that's slow
1: it's the i make you read the 750 page book that i have to read
2: (laughs) oh oh i could do that i could do that i mean you know i read the red knight when katie told me to so uh i figure i can get through anything
1: (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah okay
2: um, no, I'm sorry. I don't have a real, like, this is this book that is political fantasy, and you should or should not
0: read it. Um, well, why don't you just, just recommend a book to all the folks at home? Okay.
2: Recommend a book. Like, any book? Any book oh, in the yeah. whole world. Um, any book.
1: Peter did not understand that assignment. <laughs> I
2: did. I was just tired, and and, and I just, I don't know. <laughs> My brain isn't always working these days. Um,
1: it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, There's Redland Saga. I think that's fairly political, but I don't know if it's fantasy.
2: Did, did, I mean, people, places are stopping. They're, they're like, releasing their, their mask mandates, and I'm like, that's too early. That's dumb. Don't do that but they're doing it anyway cuz they don't listen to me. <laughs> oh. Anyway, life is hard and I don't I don't know why I'm still talking. <laughs> recommend any book anywhere. I will
0: recommend a book. Yeah, how about w- did you have any I sci-fi? Recommend? Uh, political books that you could think of maybe.
2: Okay, so I mentioned to like the lightning earlier. Let me let me remind myself of the author's name. <laughs>
0: this is a quality podcast, uh, right here, by the way, guys. <laughs> oh yeah, no,
2: I uh, you know I'm sorry I dropped the ball. No, I love it. <laughs> onto the self destruct button. <laughs> that was on fire okay this is too like the lightning by ada palmer it is a long highly intricate uh science fiction very political fantasy um i picked it up because i was very interested in the concept of a you know, nearish future uh you know like they have a lot of flying cars and advanced computers that are doing a lot of stuff um but uh a near future where every person can pick their political affiliation it was a concept that i'd i've like i've I've spent some time thinking about myself without any real conclusions but this author explored it in the book Um, and so basically uh, based on your philosophical preference you can choose your, your, like I said, your political affiliation, but uh, uh, more like your governmental affiliation. You can choose what set of laws you are governed by, uh, no matter where mm-hmm. you live, right? It's the idea that that borders cease to be meaningful, physical, geographical borders cease to be meaningful as we advance in, in the world that we're developing, and instead it is a chosen affiliation. Um, and the world has kind of settled. I think there were maybe into seven different. You can, you could, if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, it was a fairly dense book. Um, you can kind of define your own if you want to and like put it on record somewhere. But in general, uh, people for ease of use sign on to, I think, one of seven, seven different affiliations. Um, but there's also a character in the book who and, and you you indicate this with some sort of uh, uh, item of clothing that that helps people identify oh they follow these laws or they follow this this path and this is what is legal and illegal to them um, there's a and there's a very intense character who wears I think it was a black sash indicating that they follow nobody's laws and and are outside everybody's laws, which effectively robs them, not only of all restrictions, because laws restrict you, but also of all protections, because in a lot of cases, laws also protect people, um, assuming you are the people that the law protects. Um, the, the book also has to do with the discovery, and this is not a spoiler, because it's, it's you know, kind of right there in the beginning, of a, a child who has the ability to create life just by willing it so. Like he's given, he's made some of his toys alive and they're like little soldiers, little soldier toys and they are, they have full personalities and and life and potentially death and they are all uh, like interested in Like they, you know, like he's talked to them and they're like, okay, well, this is strange, but we'll protect you. Um, And there is some, you know, he is somebody's ward who is hiding him because this is a bizarre, potentially unnatural, I don't know, event or occurrence that would cause a whole bunch of uproar. Um, and, And, you know, part of the book is about that, but not all of it. Um, there is a mystery about like people dying at this or that time that starts to get unwound. Um, it is and you know and it's you're following a large cast of people who are all talking to to various important people across the political spectrum and trying to. Uh, you know, trying to trying to track down these mysteries, or make sure that this child with this bizarre, unexpected power can be uh, safe. Wow. Um, yeah. So you know, now that I now that I say that, I guess it does a little <laughs> bit qualify as fantasy because of that. That element, and it's it's sorry, it's, I, w- I got it. I'm, just, I'm remembering now. It's been a little <laughs> bit since I've read it. I'm remembering now. It's not just creating life. This this child can basically make like his imagination kind of true. Like at some point, like he made a, like he wished for a healing potion. Basically, something that would that would cure somebody, and and it works, which is you know that's cool. But also they like took like, his. Uh, uh, guardians took some samples of it and sent it off to labs, and the labs are then like using it to generate like reproducible medicine. So it's like, you know, what does it mean? This boy could be seriously exploited, and they're trying to prevent that. Um, so yeah, there. That's that's all non spoilery and, uh, but also hopefully intriguing. The,
1: the, what was the t- title? I, uh, man,
2: I don't know, that was so long ago. Um, <laughs> just that I said it, I mean. Um, it, the, the title is Too Like the Lightning, as in something is too similar to the lightning. Too Like the Lightning. Um, it is a book one of a series by Ada Palmer. Um, I, the one, the one thing I would warn anyone about going in, is that uh, in addition to this being a fairly dense, fairly heavy, very a kind of character dense book, um, uh, it it's not really self contained, right? You you the book really wants you or needs you to complete the story to go on to the next book, and I presume then to the ones following that. Um, I found reading it because it was so dense, so character dense. Um, I found it kind of exhausting to read, I enjoyed it, but I was very tired and I wanted something lighter at the end, so I did not go directly on to the sequel, although I intend to go back and, you know, go back to it. Um, So yeah, Two Like the Lightning, book one of Terra Ignota by Ada Palmer. Not to be confused with Two Like the Lightning by Travis Bedoyne. Bowden, Bowden, probably Travis Bowden, which looks like a, a crappy romance novel on uh, on Kindle Unlimited.
1: Can't be worse than Melazin, which is uh, four hundred and fifty POV characters and ten books. What in the? F-
2: uh, no, it's it's probably not quite that extensive. I agree, but uh, but it's you know it's. It's a lot, I've, you know, a lot of names that I kind of had trouble uh, keeping track of. Eventually. Anyway, so yeah, that's that was that. I guess it does kind of qualify as fantasy. Anyone have any questions or uh, answers, or, or want the uh, kind of status update on the deer?
0: <laughs> yeah, how the deer doing?
1: No.
2: They're standing there. Oh, wait, one of them moved. Wait, where'd that one go? <laughs> I, like, I
1: don't even know if these deer are
2: real. <laughs> oh, they're so real. You want? Do you want a picture?
1: <laughs> sure.
2: Okay, hold on. Let's see. Okay, now let's see. I have to zoom in. Okay, yeah, that, two deer. I think one of them. One of them moved, maybe behind a bush. I can't. I can't. Oh no no no! It just moved farther away because they're up on a hill, and so it's kind of mostly past the lip of the hill.
0: If we're lucky... And
2: it's kind of obscured by a bush.
0: If we're lucky, there'll be just a slight reflection in the window in the photo and we'll finally see Peter's face.
2: Oh, God, I hope not. Let me check the photo. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a photo of my cats. Hold on. No, I think I'm good. I mean, maybe if you have some kind of, like, super advanced... If you have those TV crim- crime computers... Enhance! You can say enhance with us in <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you like click enter three times and now you can see my license plate um classic Then, then yeah maybe okay hold on maybe if i zoom in way in, you can see like why this deer's like leg looks weird okay there i've i've done those things you want to see it now or like wait until we're off the air
0: post it in the public discord for us <laughs>
1: yeah put it in the public discord with no context
2: okay all right. Where's wait, where'd that uh okay, too many thoughts. If you're listening media, to this Discord, bar and fantasy and fantasy book of, oh wait, I have to do it on my phone. Okay, hold on. Oh Let's my see. gosh. Fan to there. Mm-hmm, there. Okay, um, fantasy yep, good.
1: Do we, do we have listeners? I don't know. Uh, I look at the statistics, and it says we have listeners, but I don't believe them. Oh they wow. are dear. It is so are. right out
0: where you are. <laughs> I mean, it's...
1: It's because it's I time. Know. It's time difference. Well,
2: it's not only that. It's because we uh, we pushed... We had just did daylight saving or unsaving, whichever way it is. And so yeah. it's darker early and lighter late. We did? Late. Yeah, did you miss it? You couldn't we have missed it. Yeah.
3: You were here on time. I guess time. so. <laughs> 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 it was a, no, no. That, I, that <laughs> only occurred because Rachel's... <laughs> <laughs> That's say. true. It yeah. was a big
0: topic on the last Two Cents episode where uh nico adam and i all did not know daylight savings was that morning and only rob knew oh man
2: (laughs) yeah okay also it looks brighter in the photo than it does here i think my my camera was you know doing a little extra light enhance or
1: adjustment or something
2: that's right yeah yeah you can see the deer's license plate because
1: it's pitch black where i am right now yeah
2: well you're in you're in the future
0: of me you're Very slightly in the future. Oh, no, Peter. two hours in the future. I yeah, I can't. Remember. Yes, yes, you Nick? are. A gosh dang delight, sir.
2: <laughs> Am I? Oh, thank you. I, I'm pretty sure that that Rachel disagrees. <laughs> well, you don't do your homework, but
0: uh,
1: no. I'm just vibing. <laughs> <My medication laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> My medication you know is wearing mean. off. That's what that's what it means. My medication is wearing off, so I'm not. Rachel
0: over here is two doobies in. <laughs>
2: Oh, man.
1: <laughs> no, try meth. Two doobies. Yeah,
2: man. Two meths in.
1: Yeah. Suddenly the, Nick the is the oldest meth, person so.
2: on this podcast. <laughs> the,
1: uh, the legal meth is now wearing off. The legal. Off.
2: Okay. The legal meth. Yeah. No, that's that's accurate. That's a real thing. Got that you prescription know, speed, y'all.
1: You know what that means, right? Adderall? Just, yeah, it's
2: Adderall. Yeah. Bad. No. Oh, oh. Oh, the deer just flicked its tail up.
1: but then it like stayed up
2: for a full like Mm. three seconds and i was like oh man just like showing butt
3: anyway i'm gonna be satisfied as if these deer bust into your house
1: (laughs) just end the podcast somebody and put me out (laughs) of my misery we'll we'll be
0: back next month with i believe
1: hopefully katie yeah yeah, hopefully
0: katie will keep peter in line next month (laughs) She
2: can't, I'm unrestrainable <laughs> and Deer
0: I, dear, I dear everywhere, I believe we're returning with gas lamp fantasies the current plan, but
1: yeah, maybe,
0: so I
2: promise I, prom- I promise I'll do better
1: <laughs> I'm reading a forty seven page novella, so you better have something <laughs> I'll, I'll read i'll
2: do I'll do better wait, wait, does it count if I write a gas lamp fantasy and then read it
0: only if you yes. publish it Yeah.
2: Oh, I have to publish
0: you can it. That's the publish. hard
3: part. I'll put it on my website. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Sold. You can post in the, okay, on the Too Many great. Thoughts Media uh, website as well, which by the way, if you want to hear more of this How podcast, ma- you can go to com. That's T O O. Too Many Thoughts com.
1: Why would anyone want to listen to more of us? You know, some people are masochists. I,
0: boy. Life's harsh. Cold <laughs> mysteries.
2: <laughs> that is that is cold, Rachel. I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm terrible, but don't don't be so mean to yourself. If
0: you want to listen to less of this, you can go to too many thoughts, media dot com and block the website. <laughs> <laughs> there's other there's uh, other shows there that are there are some other programs, I guess. <laughs> they're all yeah. They're, yeah. they're all of similar quality. You're right. You're do right. We, yeah.
1: Do we have any shout outs that we have to make?
2: Um, I, I want to say stuff. Hi, I'm Peter Schaefer. I look at deer. <laughs> and I would like you to visit my website, ShoelessPeteGames.com, and look at my role-playing game, which is about being underground and searching for treasure and fighting undead and, and getting... Oh, it just shook again. Um, and getting... <laughs>
1: Distracted by deer.
2: Yeah, no, I just... You know, I should add undead deer to the game. Ooh. Um I so I recently released the first little supplement for the game which is an additional uh, a dozen monsters which includes an undead cow. So uh you know take that as you as you like it. Take that you listener. Um and uh you can follow me on Twitter at shoeless Pete and uh, uh okay and a shout out to some friends uh, try out the Cast Die podcast. They, they do a d podcast that I have enjoyed. They also have three episodes of me running the well there that you can listen to, and I'm going to be collaborating more with them in the future. So go check them out.
0: Awesome, yeah. And I'm excited, uh, Peter, to uh, play your game for the first time with you tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I mean, really, yes. Tomorrow. I will be running the game for Nick... In in real life, whatever that means these days, (laughs) tomorrow.
0: I'm very excited.
2: Good, Uh, you should be. I'm terrific. (laughs) Uh, Anyone else have any
0: plugs they want to put out there? Uh, Uh, yeah. Go go ahead, Rico.
1: Yeah so i am running a discord called the summer of self uh, Self self-publish which is celebrating self club and indie authors or well indie fantasy books in general uh you can come if you go to my i'm it might also be in the description of this but it's definitely in my uh instagram you can click on the link to join that discord uh and it might be in the description if i'm good (laughs) i might not be good
3: (laughs) what's your
2: instagram
1: it's argent rave
2: a-R-G-E-N-T-R-A-B-E.
1: Peter, who can spell?
2: I can spell so well. But not sing so much.
1: <laughs> yep, so come and join us and talk about fantasy indie, indie books. It's fun.
2: Yay.
0: And uh, I would like you to yeah. go
3: to Daniel, danielevinson.com slash Juno and participate in our world building event called Juno. It's super fun. We're currently still accepting uh, world building elements that if we like them, we will pay you for. So head over there and get paid to make something up. It's super. Cool. I like getting paid. Uh, I don't know what month this is coming out, but probably also my friends Marie and Jesse wrote a book called Unrelenting, and you should go
0: look it up. I just got done reading it. It's great oh that's cool awesome
2: stuff yeah
0: um yeah I, I, how is the uh, how is the Juno project developing by the way how are how are things going
3: pretty good we're like uh releasing all our our gods we have gods in juno now we have uh currently as i'm looking at the page right now released six of nine gods i believe uh so the the god of death just got dropped a hot second ago, while we're recording this, well, uh, shoot, and uh, way the God to ages. of Magic's coming up. The God of Reproduction is on his
2: way. Oh, that. the 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 banging God.
3: Yeah, if you if you want to contribute stuff, we really need uh, cool ideas. On is like plants. Uh, if you want to make a city, that would be awesome. But there's a lot of great things you can find a, a cool onboarding page there now that makes it a lot easier to get a get an understanding of like oh, that's cool what the world's about and what to do so yeah hopefully the website will direct you there if you go to com slash juno uh i should probably make it easier now that i think about it to find <laughs> that information but uh yeah otherwise uh pop in and you know if you like world building just, i'll pay you
0: i'll pay you to do it just come check it out
2: that's that's uh, that's a nice offer you can't say
0: better than, than money. And um, I'll throw one last plug out there for Katie. If you are interested in uh, picking up any books or also um, hand-bound uh, journals, which I've actually purchased one of myself. Um, there's a great selection at GriffinsRoostBT.com. That's Griffin, the name, G-R-I-F-F-O-N. GriffinsRoostBT.com. Uh, highly recommend it. Uh, Katie runs it, and uh, it's always a delight to get a box that was uh, previously some sort of child's toy for her son, <laughs> with, uh, with some <laughs> delightful books inside. It. It's 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 a real delight. <laughs>
1: uh, and as always, uh, don't be afraid to leave us a re- review. We might read it aloud if we like it, or, we, or if we um, really hate it. <laughs> and so, as, yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Wait, that'll encourage and, people to leave... No, no. <laughs> if we leave bad reviews, we will be sad, and you will be responsible for my tears.
1: Wait, that might also be encouraging. Re- <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have any new reviews to shout out or bookshelves, but uh, feel free to leave reviews and bookshelves.
2: Oh um, yeah.
1: And as always, keep reading.
2: Okay, okay, but the the deer just, like, bent all the way back and clicked its leg. <laughs> It's hind leg. Can you do that? I can't do that. (laughs)